Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. The show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of visual storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S Agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Diane Randall. Diane is energized, committed, and passionate about leading wellness conversations around life balance, mental wellness, self-care, self-realization, plant-based nutrition, and whole life wellness. Her joy is seeing individuals adapt health and wellness methods that reduce stress and bring harmonious balance to their lives. She excels at equipping busy professionals with workable wellness advice and strategies that meet their demanding lifestyles. Diane is an author, consultant, workshop presenter, and college instructor who taught stress management and resiliency techniques to Chicago police officers. Diane is a professional speaker and former podcast show host whose articles have appeared in publications such as The Vegan Street, Plant Pure Nation, New York Times, Balance, Choice, Consulting Magazines, The Active Times, and American Holistic Health Association. She's been a guest on numerous podcasts and appeared on television, including a guest appearance on The Oprah Winfrey Show to discuss successful relationships. Diane has earned Life Coach and Guiding Mindful Change Coach certifications and has attended the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York City and has a master's degree in spiritual psychology. For more information about speaking appearances, podcasts, and access to numerous resources, visit her website at www.dianerandallconsults.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, Diane, and welcome to thank the show. You for, thank you. Thank you for having me. So take me back. What inspired you to get into coaching, and what was that journey like? To start off, I had no intentions of becoming a coach. It wasn't on the radar. But what happened was many years ago, as a young divorced mom of two children uh, living in Missouri, I was working a high job as a systems engineer, and I really wasn't taking good care of myself. I was divorced. I had a toddler and a preschooler, and I'm juggling all these balls in the air. What was happening was I had 
I was going back and forth to the doctor with anxiety. My blood pressure was high. My cholesterol was high. My weight was unhealthy. There was a lot going on inside my body and, and I was just not feeling well. The overarching thing that was really making me ill was the level of stress I had in my life at that time. I was pretty young in my um, early 30s, so I really didn't think whatever was happening, it was serious until the doctor told me. So when I kept getting messages from my doctor that I can, I'm hearing the words heart attack and stroke, I figured I, I, I need to find a way to reduce my stress and figure out how can I be healthy in my life so that I can be here for my children as well as enjoy a high demanding job. So what happened was I began researching and educating myself on ways to stay healthy. And part of that was attending workshops, reading books, I started doing uh, yoga. I started going to the gym, doing things to help align me, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Because what I learned was just doing physical exercise wasn't really helping me with my mind, wasn't really helping me to come down from all the stressful things that was occurring in my life at the time. So I just started doing one thing at a time. And sure enough, over time, I started making shifts in all aspects of my life from my food. I became plant-based, <laughs> my mental well-being, my workouts, and also my career. Because what happened was I ended up moving to Chicago to, to start a brand new career in a city where I had no uh, family or support but my quality of life improved in ways that I had not uh, expected it to. So over time, and it's been a long journey, it's been a journey. My road toward improved health and balance began. And I say it's only over time, and I'm still evolving after all these years in ways that I never expected be to become a life coach. But because I wanted to educate myself, I delved into a life coach curriculum and I became a life coach because that resonated with me. I had no intentions at the time to quit my high tech job and become a life coach. That wasn't in the plan. And what I realized was it's not just uh, physical, mental. There's the food had a lot to do with it. So I and ended up being becoming a, a holistic health coach by learning, going through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to learn how to eat because I thought I knew what health was, but that's been a journey as well. And I became a behavior uh, change coach because behavior is tied to everything that we do. And then to pull it all together, I got a master's in spiritual psychology because that allowed me to really look inside myself, even though I'm learning to help people on a different level. But it's really about uh, helping myself and healing from, from things that just weren't serving me in my past. So it's been a journey. I've just evolved into the person I am today. And it's just been an awesome 
journey that I never saw coming. So I became the person that I would have liked to have helped me when I was younger, going through all the things I was going through with a demanding life and schedule. Wow, that is a hell of a journey and, and certainly a great goal to be, become the person you would have needed before, become the parent you would have needed before. All those kinds of things I think are really powerful. So tell me a little bit about the master's degree in spiritual psychology. I, I find that to be a fascinating endeavor you went through there. And keep in mind, these are all things that showed up. I never planned it. Okay, so I'm sitting in a spiritual event. And the speaker, she says, I, my name is Yala Van Zandt and I have a master's in spiritual psychology. And I sat straight up in my chair <laughs> because it resonated so deeply. Long story short, I couldn't wait to get home. I looked the school up and I thought it was online. No, they said, I live in Chicago. They said I would have to come to California for two years. I was in a good place where I was, yeah, that I'm going to do it. I'm going to travel for two years and get this master's. And it was more about uh, discovering who am I, why am I here, and what should I be doing? And what it did was the degree, it was an experiential experience with the degree. Because as I'm learning to help people on a deeper level, I was really finding out more about myself, things that were very deep that really weren't on the surface for me to recognize. So that's why I say it was a great experience because it helped me to feel lighter in a lot of aspects of my life that I, I really didn't understand before I went through that process. So what it did was it helped me to become a better listener, to really understand people and to really help people from help them resolve their issues and become healthier from the inside out. And it's just a part of the, the work uh, th that I do today with my workshops, with my a podcast at the time. And all my speaking is around how do I become, how do I have better boundaries? How do I let go of things that are unhealthy for me? It, it's digging into those parts of, of our lives. So for some of our listeners who perhaps have experienced or are still experiencing some of the you know, same types of hardships that you went through years ago, how can people begin to set healthy boundaries to dig out of those holes? The first thing to do, and and I teach this course all the time, how to set healthy boundaries. And the first thing is to acknowledge that your boundaries are being crossed. Because a lot of us, when we grow up, we really don't recognize it as children because we really don't have boundaries. Nobody's asking us permission to do a whole lot of things. What people can do is really, is to just sit in silence. I always use silence and quiet to figure out what's going on. So when someone asks you to do something that you don't wanna do, the sign that your boundary being crossed or that it's something you don't wanna do is your gut. You get an inkling. You get a, a gut reaction inside that you don't want to do a certain thing. So part of that is taking that feeling and putting, bringing it from your gut 
to your to the forefront, communicating, learning how to communicate that, you know what, this is something that I'll do later or that I can't do instead of doing things that go against what you really want for whatever reason, every t- because every time we go against ourselves, it just doesn't serve us. It just doesn't. And sometimes people don't even know how to recognize a boundary or they say, I'm okay. So another question I like to ask, and if your listeners are listening, is what is it costing you not to have boundaries? Because some people say, you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay. My boundaries aren't being crossed. But here's the other question. What is it costing you? Because Mm. boundaries, yeah, they're part of our priorities. They're part of how we honor ourselves and take care of ourselves. So how do you recognize that your boundaries are being crossed? Because that helps you take more control of your life by setting clear and firm boundaries and communicating what you will allow and how others treat you. And and I say you do all this with love and kindness, love and kindness. Yeah, I think that's really so important. And I think one of the problems for people is that, especially after years of maybe not setting boundaries, especially if they have toxic people in their lives, is boundaries tend to feel like personal attacks to toxic people. And then it can make it even more difficult for people to continue firmly setting them because that those that feeling of it being an attack by on behalf of a toxic person it then leads to more negative self-talk in the person setting the boundaries because they're like oh wait am i am i the bad person am i abandoning this person by setting boundaries and you really need to be able to understand and know it's it is an act of self-care that is preserving your mental health and your well-being And it's an act of self-care. And the reason it got to the level of toxic, first, the person that's responding in a toxic way is probably really benefiting for you not having boundaries. That's the first thing. And the second thing I'd say is if you set clear boundaries and you got to have courage and be honest about it because that is needed to really communicate to the person what it is that you need from them is that It gets to a toxic level because if we go against ourselves, it just resonates inside and that toxicity builds up more and more. So one day you're going off on someone and they're like, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? But that's because you you didn't have any boundaries, even though you were your body, your gut was telling you loudly every time, I don't want to do this is something I don't want to do or this is something I don't want. And you do it. Every time you do whatever this person asks you or you didn't renegotiate anything, this is when it comes to a point where it boils over and it becomes something totally different. So one way or the other, uh, your lack of boundary setting catches up with you in your life. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The boundary is going to get set at one time or another. You may as well set it early to get the the healthiest possible outcome. Exactly. The healthiest uh, possible outcome. And it's a hard conversation. I'm, I'm not saying it isn't, especially if it's gone on for a long time. But guess what? You can really get a hold of that and turn it into a healthy conversation. 
So what are some ways that people can begin to find more work-life balance and create the life that they deserve? One thing I'll say, and I'll start with COVID was probably the worst thing that happened to our society, us, America, in terms of really shutting us down. And I say, and yes, a lot of people got sick and died, but it also gave us an opportunity to rethink our lives because we weren't moving around with that busyness that we always have, even though many of us were on Zoom all day long, but it was different. So it provided an opportunity for us to get quiet and really rethink about our lives. Because the first thing is, even though we're getting back out, there's no uh, going back to the life as it was. But it's, I've been home for a year. How do I want to navigate my life from here on out? That's why you see a lot of people quitting jobs because okay, I don't want to be in traffic for two hours every day anymore. I I want to be able to throw a load of laundry in between my meetings and calls while I'm sitting at my desk. So it made all of us rethink our lives. So for your listeners, for Life Balance, it's really being honest about how you need your life to flow in this moment, because life balance changes. It changes as you change, as you grow, as you get married, as your children grow, as you have children, it it changes. But what would you like and need in this moment to feel complete mentally, physically, and spiritually? And once you define what that is, it's creating a life that supports that. Creating a life that where your actions, your thoughts and your actions are aligned with what you really want for yourself. If you say part of this is I really want to release some weight, but part of that is what are you doing on a daily basis to make that happen? What small action are you taking? That could be, okay, now I'm going for walks. I'm going for 30-minute walks. That is in alignment with a life that I want where I'm healthier physically, as an example. Oh, definitely. What are some of your best strategies for overcoming negative self-talk and negative thoughts? We have that chatter in our head. Our That that voice in our head, it's going to stay with us. And it's just acknowledging that and knowing that. But what I say to people is becoming aware of those thoughts, becoming aware of what you're saying to yourself and not just becoming aware. But if it says, for example, if you're in your head, you're getting ready to do something you never did before. And in your head, it said, oh my God, I'm not enough. I can't do this. But it's hearing that thought Acknowledging that thought, becoming an observer of that thought and asking yourself, okay, is this really true? Is it really true that I'm not enough? And answering that question the best way you can. So the key, if it is it true, yes or no, let's say yes, okay, what proof do you have that it's true? It's examining the thoughts that are coming up. And some, when you first start this, it is a process because you're examining the thoughts that are coming up. 
But what happens is you start to sharpen a work, a new muscle of observing your thoughts and challenging those thoughts because you don't have to react to the thoughts that come into your head. You just don't. You hear them, you take a pause, but you don't have to react to them. And, and that's the key to, in a nutshell, to, to interrupting those negative thoughts. And the turnaround for that negative thought, I'm not enough, is I am enough. And here are all the reasons why I'm enough. So, Diane, I'd love to know, how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you said favorite. And I'm, yes, I'll speak about my move from St. Louis to Chicago. <laughs> okay. So I got moved. I got this company, and this was many years ago. I got this company to pack up my townhome in St. Louis, move everything to Chicago, put me and my children in a hotel for a 30 days, give me a big sign-in bonus to walk in the door company. And guess what? I got laid off exactly a year later. <laughs> exactly a year later. Of course, it. I felt into, I'll just use the word of a, 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 a depression. I hate using that word because we all claim it for one reason or another. But I fell into a, a downward spiral about it. What was so beautiful at the time, I had friends that that called me, okay, get up. I got in the bed, get up out of that bed. So what happened was I started interviewing after I needed them, after I had a moment to myself. And guess what? I got the best career going I've ever had. And, and, and I didn't see this coming. I had all the emotions that anyone would have from losing a job. I left my hometown. I brought my kids to Chicago. So it was a big deal. But for me, it was feeling what I needed to feel in that moment, the sadness, rejection or whatever I was feeling about it, but also getting myself together so that I can interview and find a solution to get me back on track, because that is the key. To, to, to when things happen to us, when, when, when you, you say failure, but when things happen, because with everything, we're going to fail. It's just part of who we are. It's just part of life because you can't have success without failure. They're, they're both uh, a part of each other, I feel. So it is getting up as fast as you can to continue even if there's still some residual feelings around it, but it's being able to focus on what do I need in this moment? Is it a job? Is it counseling? What do I need to keep going and focusing on that while you may st still need some care in other areas? I love that. So how have you found mentors and advisors throughout your career? I've always had mentors and advisors. I don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't have mentors and advisors. It's been a way to, to open myself up to things that I, I would not have known had I not talked to a mentor or advisor. But for me, in my life, I've always chosen someone that was either doing what I wanted to do, or that I saw as someone that just could tell me a lot and show me a lot. 
So I've been blessed in that way that I've always had advisors and mentors because I don't believe we can do this alone. We can do this life alone, whether it's a career advisor, where it's a spiritual advisor, whether it is just any kind of advice, the advisors for all aspects of our lives. So I've needed that from time to time. Absolutely. So what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? And feel free to take the word investments as broadly as you like. The best investment I've ever made was in myself. (laughs) It really has been an awesome opportunity. The best investment I've made is following my curiosity wherever it would take me. If that was Germany for whatever reason, it's just investing in myself, investing in the fact that I can create this life mostly on my own terms. And then I keep working at it. I keep working at it. Oh, definitely. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Habit. That has improved. Oh, listening on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Listening on a deeper level without feeling like I have to have the answer for that person. But just Very really powerful. hearing that person, I, I would say that's probably the most, one of the most powerful things uh, that, oh. that have happened. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? The Power of Now, Loyalty to Your Soul. And let's see. What book? What other book can I give you? I've read so many books. Oh, I'll just say one new book, Cast. That's the newest one that I read. What's that about? This book is awesome because it talks about America and our history, the hierarchy of rankings from slavery, basically. It talks about the bloodlines from the past and and really how we've evolved uh, since America has formed. Yeah. 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 This was a little perspective that I hadn't thought about looking at America as a caste system, but it's very powerful. It it was very powerful to to read. Sounds good. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? If I had a giant billboard, right now, and I'll say this because I'm in the middle of a project, is it would say, you can get unstuck mentally and emotionally and really live the life you want because, and I'm saying this because of, of, of COVID it, it, a lot of people, there's been a lot of mental wellness opportunities for people, whether it, you were mental wellness as being a patient or mental wellness as from a teaching or coaching perspective. 
So what I feel in this moment and on my big board is just navigate really slowly in, into this new uh, life that we have. So I, I just finished a ebook on that subject. And uh, that's what made me think about it because is how can I help people in this area? What courses and classes can I offer? That's usually how I figure out where I need to go. I, I look at what's going on in the world. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven high school or college graduate about to enter the real world? And is there any advice they should ignore? Everybody else's advice. What they should do is listen to their heart, uh, listen to what makes them happy and what makes them passionate. Use that as a guide to any career. So if people say, just take the job, you don't have to love it, that is not true. Many people do it. But if you lead your life with grace and passion, then that's where you can find happiness and joy and not just navigate based on what everybody else thinks. Because we all know when we're kids, for example, many of our parents have our lives mapped out through college, really. <laughs> but it's finding what is going to make you happy, what is going to make you laugh while being productive and showing up 100% for whatever you decide to do. 100%. Nothing less. I love that. That's great advice. So who have been some of your heroes throughout your life and how did they help or inspire you? One of my heroes was Byron Katie. Mm. And Byron Katie is a spiritual teacher in California. And I have been uh, lucky I've even met her. But one time I was in one of her classes and she says, you don't have to listen to everything that comes in your head. It just blew my mind. It blew my mind to the point that I, I just couldn't believe it. You mean I don't have to listen to everything? So that put me on a path to really learning how to observe my thoughts, which allowed me to, to just observe and not have to react to a lot of things that go on. And then over time, I evolved as a person. And I, it, that was probably one of the most valuable things I got. And another thing is recognizing, regardless of the communication and the messages that, that the society gives us, that I am enough. I am good enough. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks that I am enough in this life. That's a big one. Oh, definitely. Love Byron Katie. She's, she's fantastic. I'm yeah. so jealous you've gotten to meet her. That's all. Yeah, That's it was awesome. purely accident, okay? That's why I said you have <laughs> no idea <laughs> what might happen in life when you're open, when you're open, yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> So tell me about, you You referenced a few earlier that sort of got you to where you are now, but I'd love to know a little more in depth. What are your go-to self-care strategies, tactics, and techniques these days? How are you taking care of yourself? Oh my gosh. 
I am always connected to something spiritual, whether it's online, online, a spiritual connection, for example, Agape, it's in California. I listen to the streams of the, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual community. I won't call it a church because I don't think that's what they call it, but it's a way to keep me connected. I go to before COVID, but I, I also connect to workshops of my favorite teachers, spiritual, mental wellness, yoga, <laughs> do lots of yoga and meditation. And, and the yoga and the meditation has really helped me to slow down mentally. And I walk, I, 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 I do a little jogging to keep fit. And what else do I do? What else do I do? Oh, and part of my uh, self-care is to sit in silence. Before COVID, I would go to silent retreats for a few days. And that seemed to just renew me in a way that I just couldn't have experienced before. The silence for a few days and then coming back into the world where we're talking and everything's pouring in. It's a very weird uh, feeling, but it, I find it very helpful because life can get busy. It can get very busy. I used to, before COVID, I would take uh, four-day vacations to some resort where on the West Coast where I could hike and walk and do all those spas, things that I like to, I can't wait to get back to that. <laughs> oh, sounds so relaxing. Yeah, it is. It is. So I do things to renew and to calm myself and to relax and, and have fun mm. at the same time. Have fun and find things where I laugh. Even if it's with friends or meeting them out. Right now we're using Zoom. We have cocktail hours on Friday sometimes and we're just laughing and talking. All those things are important to connect with, keep connected with people or stay connected. Oh, I totally agree. So powerful. So in the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? Oh God, whatever. <laughs> I've become, I've worked that muscle so well. There is no pause. There is no pause. And even my clients, I have to set boundaries with them. But I, I don't uh, have a problem saying what I can and cannot do, not based on my vanity or ego, but based on not becoming overwhelmed with too much on my plate. So I've become an expert. I don't even pause about it because my son asked me to do something. And this was a while ago. And I just said, no, I don't want to go. And he said, why? I said, I just don't want to go. I don't have a reason. I don't want to go. <laughs> you know, And I don't have excuses for why I said no. Because that just allows people to then start negotiating with you. That's right. About, because oh, we can mitigate that. That's right. That's right. So I've really learned to tighten my boundaries and keep in mind, boundaries are probably one of my most popular podcast conversations and classes. So I feel that every time I communicate this work to people, I learn so much from the people that I'm either being interviewed by or my students. So it's just it just helps me integrate more and more. So I really love that. And then I could communicate in a way 
where people don't feel slighted. It wasn't hateful. It was purely uh, out of loving and, and being kind. I love that. So, Diane, this has been such a fun and fascinating conversation, but that does bring me to my last question of the day. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? The kindest thing. Oh, God. I have had moments where that has happened in my life. But the one, let's see, the one that I will share is many years ago. I had a a job that really wasn't paying well. And I really needed money at the time. And I'll say out of the blue, because I don't know how this person got my name, but he was a, he was a, I'll say HR person from a huge aerospace company at the time. He called me and said he had a job for me. And I was eight months pregnant at the time when he called me and I told him I was pregnant. And he said, call me when that baby, when you have that baby. And I thought to myself, oh, he's not going to remember me. It's over. Long story short, he remembered me and he, he asked me, what did I have? And he hired me. That to me, I've had those moments that have happened that have propelled my life. And in another scenario, I had, I got the job, I wasn't paying that much. And then over time, I'm working to finish my degree and, and another manager from another department basically gives me a job that needed a degree because I was almost done, but I wasn't done. So that has been my life. I've had these pivotal moments where people have entered my life for whatever reason, and it's taken my life forward in a way that I couldn't have even planned for. I've had those moments. Mm. So powerful. Diane, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you. And thank you for inviting me. I've really enjoyed talking to you as well. So glad you could be here. Yes. Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, making unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies. Visit prosperitasagency.com today to learn more. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Awesomeness.